Golight presents Murder Most Irish. I got enough money. Hey. Tell the people what Colin said you looked like this evening when you came up the stairs. Anyway, we'll start the episode. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Yes, tell people what Colin said. You and look like. uh, so I'll take, like, you know, what, Emma. We may take a picture. I think I look lovely. I you do look lovely. I'm wearing a skirt. It is quite long, and I will say it's too big for me. But when I bought it, it wasn't too big for me, and I think I've shrunk a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm wearing a white top t-shirt like boat neck thing and then I do because I'm a lazy bitch have my old slippers on yeah and I he walked over to the gate to get me yeah and I said hey Colin and he's he was doing this movement where he was like I'm doing this because it's very dangerous around here I was like what's going on with you <laughs> but okay and then he was like you look like uh you look like an Irish washwoman that's how it started and I was like what's that mean and he was like there's an episode of Star Trek where the Enterprise beams up beams up Irish people that's what you look like and he said and you look like the woman that was making the stew it's and then he said to me <laughs> the woman said I was just making some stew before you beam me up <laughs> and I was like right and then he said uh, that the other fellow was like it's a fine ship you've got here captain yeah. isn't he very specific so specific he'll say something sometimes he'll say I look like something and I'm like that is so specific. And then he went to me. The name of the episode is called The Long Ladder. Up the Long Ladder. Up the Long Ladder. Up the Long Ladder. Which sounds like something an Irish person yeah. would say. So that's what we're calling this week. So episode. up the long ladder. I think I look lovely. You do look lovely. He didn't say. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. He didn't look, say. He didn't say you didn't look lovely. He and he does this to me all the time. Colin will say I look like many a male wrestler in my, in oh, my yeah. various of outfits. Um, but he doesn't ever say you don't look nice. He just compares you to something. Up the Long Ladder is the Next Generation Season 2, Episode 18. Oh, if this is your one now, she's not bad looking. Oh, images. Let's see. He's a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually a cunt. He's actually a cunt. <laughs> He's actually a filthy cunt. <laughs> he knows it. Like, are you fucking having a laugh? Which one? Look, obviously. They've got sheep. Why does he remember that? They've got sheep. They've got sheep. A wee little girl. Look at her all ginger. They're all ginger. Sarah, that is fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to put that picture up on the Patreon unless what people know. What a <laughs> Well, anyway. You uh, can all go fuck off. <laughs> you, don't, you don't look like that. You look lovely. Your dress skirt is beautiful. <laughs> look, my skirt looks exactly like that. It looks lovely. It looks so pretty. Where'd you get this? Gorgeous, actually. Marks and Spencer. How does he remember this shit? Uh, that is <laughs> what I mean when I say specific. Like, I don't know how he does it. When will. Anyway, that was that. Hello, everybody. I hope he's all fucking die. <laughs> Jesus, fucking stupid cunt. <laughs> uh, welcome and hello. And. Welcome. Oh, actually, she is very pretty. Oh, she is. She's beautiful. Bren, Brina O'Dell. I don't know. Is she she's, Irish? She's not Irish. I don't know, but look at this. Don't believe for a second. A uh, fucking half an hour knitted sweater. What's going on here? Oh, Captain. Why are they all being so sexy? She plays Rosalind Landor. Jesus. Couldn't tell you. Anyway, fair pleasure. 
Um, yeah, so the aliens are here, lads. The aliens are here. Rihanna's pregnant. Is she? That's She announced it on... Rihanna is so smart. Here's what I'm going to tell you why, you're, why she's so smart. Hi. So, if you get asked to perform at the Super Bowl, yeah. you don't get paid. You don't get paid? No. Okay. So, like, Beyonce, Rihanna... No moolah. J-Lo, whoever does it, you don't get any money for doing it. Okay. The budget all goes to, essentially, the production. Right. And also, if you get, like, guest performers... They don't get paid. Okay. You pay them if that's what you want. So if you want, like, so you know what I mean? You want to bring somebody on. You know what I mean? Madonna on. had MIA and was it? Remember. Was it Nicki Minaj? Quite possibly. Um, so she paid so them. She, if, if they don't agree to do free, she pays them. Um, Rihanna is pregnant. She had no guest performers. Right. It was just her. The opening of her, like, act was her. With her Fenty, like, blotter, okay. which is her cosmetics brand, blotting her face and doing her makeup. Okay. 190 million people watch the Super Bowl, if not more. Okay. Free advertising. Oh, that's good, I guess. For her, like... I think she's absolutely terrible, but that's... Right? If people like her. Not a single song was performed live. It was like a full remix of all of her currently monetized tracks. There was no new music. She is not releasing an album. It was just all of her back catalog. So it was just to get money, basically. And it literally was just a fucking education and marketing. I saw a, a video of her doing it and I was like, this is dreadfully boring. Yeah, it was really boring. But I did um, like the platforms that floated. I just, I don't rate her as an artist. I never did. Um, it was really boring. But she's like, she's pregnant. So she's not going to be jumping around like anything. <coughs> How pregnant is she? Oh, she's a bump like. So but she's pregnant she? like. Yeah. Probably pregnant. But like I just said, um, and artist. she was like, "You were all expecting a, a surprise guest. This is this baby is a surprise She's guest. Like, I'm not paying for this." But she didn't have any. I ain't paying for this. And I was just like, Rihanna. Yeah. Like this is boring. She's. I just. I've. That's the one word I would use to describe her music. Boring. I've just always found her very, very dull. As a yeah, like musician. I never hear a Rihanna track. Oh no, there's just that one song, uh, Desperado. I like that song, Desperado. I just never got the thing with her, um, but I think she's an incredibly savvy businesswoman, and she knows exactly what she's doing. I actually think more. I think more than I think like a billion people watch. And I don't. The Super Bowl. I don't think she's ever going to release new music. I think this was no, 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 like because no. people are like release new music and release new music, and I'm like, she's not. Why would she release new music? Why would she do that when she clearly just wants to have a makeup empire and a clothing, and a clothing empire. empire? She doesn't want to make music. Yeah. Like, I was like this is. A like she's right having babies why guild she, move like why was she going out fucking working out seven days a week to try and fucking get ready for touring and she, and she, didn't, that even, shit. she didn't even play some of like her biggest hits no she didn't because she didn't give a fuck because she's boring she was like <laughs> uh, anyway that was that and the aliens are here and everybody do you know what it's so funny because nobody cares <laughs> oh I honestly I think we've hit the point in the world where we're like uh huh uh-huh, that makes uh-huh, sense that's, uh-huh. that's perfect and we were all waiting for it to happen and makes sense us. yeah makes absolute sense what would sense. you do poor Graham what would I do poor Graham listen we've spoken about Does it Graham in detail know about this? together Does Graham know about this he's just time? ignoring it well, he's better off he's just not paying this attention this is one of Graham's biggest fears and he's fears. not on TikTok and he's not on Instagram so Good. he isn't watching people like me like, being like so aliens are here now but that's one of Graham's biggest fears it is his deepest and it's coming and true. darkest fear they're like we don't know what he shot at this guy and then all the QAnon people were like yeah, this is the plan. There's gonna they're gonna pretend there's a 2024 alien invasion, and they're gonna make a one world republic. I'm like, oh, stop! I'm just tired. Stop it! And you know what? Just like the aliens, the aliens are listening. Shoot me in the head at this point. Oh, well, uh, the, the aliens care. aren't listening anymore because we shot them all down. Shot them all down. We shot them all because they were a real threat to civilian airspace. 
What were they doing up there? Uh, like, and apparently, like, they're, they're car-sized objects. The fuck are they? They're cars. So they're like they're car-sized objects. That's China. Um, and China is like it's not us. Not us. But apparently, uh, Biden and Trudeau were on the phone with China to be like, to have a stern with word with them about yokes out of the sky. The spy no. balloons. Forty thousand feet in the sky. Um, but apparently, the new objects are not balloons. What are they? Car like they said car- like ships. They must be like, and I I doubt it's a ship, but it must be like. A satellite of sorts. But apparently they're all over. So where they're being found is right near top secret oh. military. So they're getting info. Of course. Like, I don't, it's like fucking aliens. It's just some other country being like, hey, what's going on over there? Because it was aliens though. I don't know if I'd be able to see it. I hope they take, they show and, and like the other thing is that like no one has come out and said it is, is not aliens. aliens. Like they've just said, we've shot a thing out of the like, sky. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, I want to know. Yeah. I just would like to know because I grew up on the X-Files and now I'm like, oh, so the X-Files yeah, is coming real. true. David Duchovny, actually, who knew? Who knew? These people are weren't just crazy. David Duchovny was just out here making fucking... We're the crazy ones. Mm. So anyway, aliens are real. Rihanna's pregnant. It's Monday. I hate my life. Why do you hate your life? life? Why do you hate your life? Colin What's wrong? hates his What's life. What's wrong? You know, I just does I something happen? No, I just like. Did you have enough today? Yeah, just like is this my life? This is not what I expected. Here's it to what be. I I uh, went for lunch with Gar today. He's yeah. asking for you, by the way. Tell him to uh, fuck off. <laughs> he said, "Tell Sergeant I'm great." I'm only messing with Um, and I just said to him, "Is this it for the next thirty years?" Yeah, and he was like, "Yeah." Is it? Like I have to keep I have to keep logging into Outlook. Yeah. I have to use my fingerprint on my laptop. Just go. And it makes me sad every time I put my fingerprint on it. I'm like... <laughs> Logging into Outlook. Somebody emailing me, like, this thing that they need, the world is going to implode if yeah. they don't get it. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean anything. No, because there's aliens now. And then I'm like, kind of smegarns. Like, I'm just like, today I was like, honest to God. Yeah, this is it. This is it. Yeah. It this is. Like, it is actually is. We are... My life. We're, li- we're in the rat race, Sarah. We're in the little rat race. I hate it. We're not and I listened to fucking. I think it was I listened to Andrew Garfield on fucking Mark Maron's. Oh one. yeah, and then I was like, <laughs> why did? What the fuck did I do that for? Because that man is so deep. Yeah, I, I and I mean, like, he's not deep in like a negative way. No, I, I felt like it was actually quite a positive conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's like, I just couldn't. He was like, when he was younger, he was like, I just couldn't live with myself as my life. Turned out was that. that was t- so I was like, way. I went after the arts, like nine to five Monday. But to he Friday. was like, I didn't think I was going to become a movie star. I just thought I was going to like. He was like, I was happy just to do Shakespeare. And yeah. I paid enough money that I could pay my rent, which is an amazing mindset to have. I think. I think that's an incredible. Well, he's mindset like to have. I, he, I he was saying that, and then I was like, Do you come from wealthy parents? Does he? I didn't. And check. to a degree, he doesn't. He doesn't. Okay. So his parents had a business that failed. Oh, okay. But his brother's a doctor. Like, his brother's a fucking doctor. Smart dude. A lung doctor. Oh. And, like, during COVID was like... Oh, shit. Um, but, yeah, I just feel like the whole time I was this one, I was like, that. I used to feel that way. Yeah. I used to be like... And then, like, with the whole Amazon thing, when, like, I was like, I don't have a job anymore. Like, the panic set in that I didn't have this amount of money coming in every month. I know. But I, I don't know. need that amount of money. Well, that's the thing. And you do... You start to convince yourself that if if you don't have that, well, then your life is just... It's going to implode. Yeah. And, like, destroy and I was like, itself. I actually... Like, I, today I was just like, you're actually working really hard to get this thing that if you didn't have it, 
it would make you happier yep. if you didn't have to do this. Yep. And also, do you actually need that thing? Yeah. Like, is that number or that figure or whatever it is the thing that you actually need? Because or that, is it just a thing that you want because you've become accustomed you're to You're constantly... Stri- I think when you're constantly striving for a specific goal, that and that goal is always moving. That's the problem. So yeah. you hit that and then there's something else and then you hit that and then there's something else and then you hit that and then there's something else. That's that's actually like impossible. Like it is impossible to do that. You can't keep doing that to yourself, you know, and it's not good for your head either. It's not good for your brain. It's not good for yourself. No. Um, but then they just said, it was just like, we're in, unfortunately, late stage capitalism and we have to work and we have to do yeah, this. Yeah, late stage capitalism. And it off. fucking sucks and I'm over it. Yeah. But also, I'd like a credit card to buy a code 1400 euro. What coaching? No, I'm just saying. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, I hate I late stage capitalism, but you sent me a picture of shoes today and I was like, yeah, I want them. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, but that's like, I only sent them because I thought that they were quite I, similar to Lily Allen. They are, that's but it. it's that thing of like, I know that that's bad, but then I'm so in it yeah. that I can't get out of it. You can't get out of it. It's like, borderline impossible. Yeah. Like. And now the like aliens today are I was here. just like, oh, for God's sake, the aliens are here now. It's little fucking cars up in the sky <laughs> flying around. Like, <laughs> <laughs> What can we do? Oh, we can't Jesus. do anything. And then people were like, here, do you want to make a decision on line drawings? Like, oh. on a uh, wayward of a building. And were you like, no. And I was like... I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'm going to go back to watching Netflix. Send that to me and I'll do it tomorrow. But... And then you're dealing... You know when you're dealing... I find in my job when I'm dealing with people who take it really seriously... I'm like, I don't take this that seriously. Like, yeah. y'all are really taking it seriously. And I, like, I take my job seriously to a point where I don't want to make any mistakes or fuck up or anything. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't care. This doesn't matter. Like, it's fine. Everything is grand. Yeah. Everybody fucking calm down. Like, <sighs> but anyway, happy Monday. Hello, everybody. Yesterday we did a drive. We did. And that's going to be this week's Patreon. It is indeed. Colin also said that I need to apologise to the Americans. <laughs> oh, did he? I'm deeply sorry for offending you. <laughs> did he say that? He didn't say that. No, but I know that's what I know that's what he wants me to do. <laughs> and we did nothing wrong. Everybody leave us alone. We speak about it on the Patreon actually about like how we didn't mean to upset no, any of you. We didn't. And that it's not Americans, it's America. And there's a difference. It's American. Get it. Kind of. Kind of sort of. So. We don't we don't mean any offence towards the, the people of the United States of America. America. Who are saving us from the aliens. It's going to be a real life independence day. Here, do you know what I do want to know? What? If aliens are a thing. Yeah. How did all the movies know that it was going to be America first? Do you know what I mean? Because like, I've never seen an alien movie where they're like, hey. Oh, except for Up the Ladder. You're um, right. Like... They were right yeah, all like along. Yeah, I know. It was just going to be them first. Yeah, see, this is why I feel like maybe... Because if I was an alien, the first place i go is China. I feel like maybe they're not aliens. And no, it's they're, just, not. they're not. They're aliens. just other countries they're being just, like, like, hey. No, that's not ours. We swear. We didn't... Uh, right, we do didn't you want to bet on it now? Who do you what think country it is? do you think it is? One, two, three. Russia. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking China's way too obvious and they've already put their balloon up I there, think it's so. Russia. You think it's Russia? I think Russia makes sense because they're at war. Yeah. And they're probably like, what the fuck are these planets But what do? did they think was going to happen? I don't think they thought they'd get caught. And I think what happened is that the like weather balloon Chinese one. <gasps> so they were like, that's a distraction? No, I think they were, I think that the, um, the news um piece I watched today in CNN with a guy that used to work for the Pentagon um, was like, I think these might be, have been around for quite some time. Oh. But that the weather, the weather balloon spy 
one right may have like essentially alerted us to the fact that our airspace is not secure it's not secure these um, motherfuckers aren't doing their jobs yeah and so he thinks now I could be totally wrong and the no, aliens could just be popping in and out I think you're completely but um, um, completely that's right. that, that's the thing and that's generally what happens with these things it's like oh we've really high security forces against this thing and then it's like actually there's one that's something just comes along and they're like Ooh. and it's like oh actually we need to check all of them and it's like here fucking John O'Reilly's been having the time of his life <laughs> sleeping do, at the this. radar yeah, like, <laughs> they're like well John you're going to the basement demoted did you see that episode of Unexplained Mysteries yeah. on Netflix where the, guy, together, yes. where the guy watched Raider. He was like, uh, and then they were all making, they were bullying yeah, he had to leave him. His job. He was like, I saw what I saw. Yeah. Like, I and then that, those, those people that were camping, that they were yeah. like in the exact same spot where he was, yeah. saw the big like fountain of water. And all his like friends were like, hmm, or his friends, they were friends. Here. Enemies. And what did I tell you? Go on. If I was in that terror and I came in the next day and Sam was like, here, we'll tell you what I seen last but night. But he showed you the evidence. I, I'd be like, Sam. I wouldn't. I'd be like, Sam, we're going out for lunch. Fuck that bitch over there. You show me all your <laughs> alien like, stuff. Sam. Yeah, you show me all your alien stuff. Uh, I'd probably come along, but like then I'd probably be teaming you to be like, Sam's nuts. What the fuck? Sam's crazy. I think we need to call HR, but Sam. <laughs> but I have for I think Sam might kill us. Because like, he wasn't even tr- like, he wasn't no, he like was an alien nut. He was, he was just like... And he was like, I watched this on the radar. It was my job. Because it was the weather... Didn't you watch he, weather, weather events? Weather events, and, yeah. Um, on the weather events yeah he had a radar I was just like when I was watching I just felt for him because he was like I'm not some like UFO no I'm not trying to like mm. you know tell people that there's aliens but this is what I saw the aliens are coming they're the coming aliens. for you they're coming for you I hope come for me the fuckers they're coming for me and my Take fucking me out. outfit I'm done I'm with like, life I was just making a pot of stew before oh, you beamed me up you beamed me up before hey, shit my husband was out shearing the sheep <laughs> I will say that picture is so specific such cunt I'm joking. Um, I'm going to talk about something serious now. Go on. Here, do you know what I had in memory of Colin Foy? Go. Steak and kidney pie. Was it nice? No. No? Tastes like piss. It's the only way to describe it. Had this like aftertaste of piss. Did you make it or you bought it? I bought it. Like one of those phrase bentos ones. Oh, was it? Wasn't it? And you're shocked that it tastes <laughs> like piss, right? I've seen it in my press for about yeah, a year. you surprised for, it tastes like piss. seen it in my press for about a year. And I said to Graham, because there's only one steak. And I was like, you have the steak and I'll have that pie because you don't eat them. And then I was like, check the date on that. And he was what like, was it, it does not go off for another year and yeah. a half. Tastes like piss. <laughs> what do you think it was going to taste like? <laughs> Fucking delicacy. I had chips Dirt. with it. But anyway. Oh, that's actually sounds nice. Mm. And a cup of tea. Oh, that's lovely. Dinner. When are you going to make me uh, rasp? I don't know how to make rasp. It's very easy. I've never made rasp. Well, you make that's your mum's thing. I, yeah, but I'll tell you how to make it and you make okay, it Okay, yeah, tell her. We'll tell have me. rasp. Do you know what we'll have it with? Sausages, rashers and a cup of tea. Okay, yeah. And a shit ton of curry cold. Do you want it on Thursday? Whatever. Yeah, you tell me how to make it and I'll make for Grant. Uh, I just want to talk about something that happened during the week that I'm really annoyed about. And I kind of work, you know, it's something I'm very bored about. That absolute fucking little dirtbag, Josh Conlon. Did you hear about this? No. So, uh. Did you hear about this? Did you know about, about this? It's the guy, along with Paul Clark, who attacked that woman and poured boiling water over her body. Oh, and he was outside. Walked free. And what is that fucking moron judge's name? Because he has a tendency to do this. It's the second time he's done it. Yep. Judge Nolan. So he was basically like, oh, he's 19 and he's no prior record. He tortured a woman. He tied her up, right? Tied her up, poured boiling water over and tortured her. Yeah. 
and he let him walk free. Yeah. So seriously, fuck the Irish judicial system. And he was outside giving the middle the finger, finger up to, to people. the people. Fucking filth. Filth. Scum of the earth. And he's only going to go on to continue doing that shit. So fuck Judge Conflin. He's another fucking... Oh my God, I was so annoyed when I saw this the other day. Um, so yeah, I just was really pissed off about that. Because I seen that on Twitter and I was just like, what? I, was, I had a really tough uh, end of my week in Birmingham. Why is that? With that stuff. Because I just had a week. I spoke about it on TikTok where I was like, that that sticker on the oh, back the of those toilet door. doors. Yeah, no. And it was just like a slap in the face. Because I'd had a week of like having conversations with... The culture is not like ideal. Yeah. Um. Of people being like, oh, I, I like, I picked up someone's coffee cup. Okay. And was like, here, do you want me to take your coffee cup to the sink? And it was literally like, oh, like that's your job, pretty much, is what was like alluded to, because I'm a woman. And Excuse were, me. And then the other thing was that, and I never make tea or coffee for anybody because that's not my place. And I was like, and I got really annoyed in the moment. And I was like, here, take what? your cup. I was like, take your cup back, first and foremost. And two, now that you've said that, I will never make you tea or coffee. What the fuck is that? What's yeah, that? Yeah, it What's was such a weird, fucking like, weird it was say. a weird moment where I knew the person had started to say it and like clearly was trying to like show off. And then in, in, in saying it was like, oh, fuck. And then could tell here. by me that I was like, I'm not letting it go. Like I'm not taking your cup and walking off. I was Sarah, like, Sarah, what the hell? And then it was just this like ongoing like thing of like just witnessing shitty behavior. Yeah, or? shitty behavior for men. Like shitty behavior for men. Like just shitty, shitty behavior for men around women in the workplace. I just and then there was a whole conversation about pay parity and other bits and pieces, and I was just like, oh. Like, do you understand that this is literally planting the seeds for the need for that sticker on a bathroom yeah. stall? That's like, if you're being taken out of this yeah. country for being trafficked, if you're being taken out of this country to be fucking violently yeah. mutilated, like, please ring this number. The fact like, that those things have to exist is I was so like, unbelievably terrible. And it, I was like, this doesn't exist. I had like a little cry in the toilet. I was like, this is so upsetting. I, I was like, because there's definitely at some point being someone in these toilets. This st- sticker had to exist for a reason. Reason, like. That's the thing. And then I, and then I was also like, they don't have a phone. No, they have nothing. Like, there's no way they have a phone in these they toilets have by themselves no. while whoever is bringing them wherever is outside mm-hmm. waiting, waiting for them to for come them. out. Yeah. Like, I was just like this, and I was like, this does not exist in male toilets. Like, I've seen instances before of amazing, um, what, what's the correct term? Not stewardess. Uh, Hostess? Ho- uh, flight, flight attendant. Flight, flight attendants. Realising that, that a passenger on board is being trafficked. Yeah, because they're given certain kind of, you know, things to look out for yeah. and key points to look out for. And I've seen instances of people being like, there was a girl on the plane and I knew something was wrong. Mm. And like bringing them aside and being like, or going, when they're going to the bathroom and they're walking out going, can I talk to you for a minute? And like doing emergency landings on the plane and getting the men arrested. Wow. Like incredible people doing incredible stuff like that. And you don't realize how, how much that happens. No, it just really like I was like, do you know what? There's women like, being trafficked into this country daily, like yeah. But yeah, they're all out. If they were so concerned about the women being trafficked, wouldn't they be out protesting that? No, but no, they're too busy out protesting nonsense. I just can't. I seen a woman on the. Te- I know we're getting off topic. I seen a woman on the telly the other day, and she was like, "Military aged men," and I was what like, that about? "What does that mean? What does that mean?" And like, there's this conspiracy going around Ireland that like we're bringing in all of these men for this one world thing. Oh to like God, start this military in, like coup in Ireland and I was like this is 
insane. But then aliens exist, Emma. Like, well, like I was in town the other day with Flavio, and there was the Irish Socialist Group and Rosa were doing um, petition signing in town. I was like, fair fucking play to you. And then the entire time I was like, please don't let anybody come in and say anything to them because they have those right-wing groups that see them and then go on Facebook yeah. and are like, blah, blah, blahs and such a street or whatever. Um, but they're just remarkable people and they're trying to do really good work and trying to stop literal racist attacks. Like, <laughs> I don't understand how this is happening. No. But yes, I do. Yeah, no. Yes, I um, do. Like, But yeah, it's just been, I think, yeah, at the end of the week last week, I was like, this is sad. Yeah. This whole thing is sad and it doesn't feel like it's getting any better. And I know I kind of spoke about it briefly on TikTok because it did really upset me. Of course. Um, And then uh, today I was like, (laughs) capitalism. I'm having an existential crisis. I think we all are. It's a weird. And then I got over here and Colin was like, geez, you look like a wash lady. (laughs) You don't look like a wash lady. I was like, you... Um, Bust. It's a weird two months. January and February are a weird time, I think. Yeah, I, you know I think I mean? so, but I don't think it's been helped by the fact that, like, there is so much. Like, the earthquakes. Like, just uh, 33,000 people are dead. I, just, I watched a man on the telly today and his entire. Like, his mom, his dad, his sisters, his brothers, all gone. his nieces, his nephews. He's the only remaining member of his family left. And then you've got people in, like, Aleppo in Syria who cannot get access to people helping them and just so like the thing about the the earthquake is it's so absolutely devastating like I put up pictures on my Instagram of like before and after shots yeah. that the New York Times released and you can just see the utter devastation to the but also Turkey is a massive country yeah. But because there's all these divides and civil wars yeah. and in it's like <coughs> no no one is really able to able get in to get and in help, help. Flavio was telling me he signed up for that new uh, social media site called, site called Spoutable. So it's like Twitter, but they're doing actual proper good work and they're like, we're not allowing fucking right-wing crazy people on this. But he was telling me that like, there's tons of like people on it. And when they're talking about the earthquake, they're only talking about Turkey. Yeah, it's they're weird. They're not talking about Syria because they have this thing in their brain where they're like, oh, well, you know, Syria is whatever. Like they don't see them as people, Sarah. Like they don't see Syrians as people. They see them as like, you know fucking people just trying to get into other people's countries and stuff it's fucking insane to me I'm like these people these are human beings who have lost like I saw a picture of a baby being born in the rubble the other day and I was like this is fucking insane yeah yeah. and it's such a disconnect because you're watching it and this is happening Mm. and you're like all I can do is give money yeah yeah, I did give um, all I can do is give money I put up stuff to um Um, there's like one I put it up on my Instagram I'll re-save it again but it's really good because they're Gem yeah. which are a logistics company yeah. they're organising like massive logistic Fantastic. movements to get actual and so they've got like 33,000 units that are being moved today which are like tents and sleeping bags and like tinned food and water and things that are desperately needed so um, they're really good and they've got links to uh, people's Amazon wish list and Amazon is directly fulfilling into Fantastic. Gem so you can pay, pay. I bought like tents and see, I've, so you can just pay so I just and bought then stuff they on the wish list and it goes to the place it should excuse me and then they're distributing it that's fantastic. Okay, um, that's really good. Because that's the other thing is the infrastructure is so bad. So bad. Is getting stuff in is quite difficult. It's terrifying. Um, I know this has been a very depressing intro no, to the No, but it's, it's what's happening currently. Like, there's yeah. nothing we can do about the fucking shit that's going on at the moment. Like, it's horrible. And what's happening in Syria and Turkey, I can't get my head around it. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Mm. To watch it happen and then they're like, the death toll is 1,700 people and now it's fucking 33,000. 33, 
people yeah. are dead. Yeah, yeah. And how many people are without homes. Yeah, yeah. Without safety, without water. Because like, without... now you'll have like famine, yeah. you'll have disease, yeah. you'll have outbreaks of like... You'll have trafficking, unfortunately, because that's all coming of that, next. Yeah, because like, people go in and like essentially... Scavengers, scumbags do yeah, that yeah. stuff. Um, I don't know. It's horrific. I don't even know how to help. Like all, as I said, all I can do is just give money and do whatever I can do. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Like realistically, we can't do anything else, but... Anyway. Anyway. Actually, I just wanted to talk about one other thing because I saw this today. I'm sure everybody knows about it. Um, but it was the murder of the 16-year-old trans girl, Brianna Gary. And it, it's, it was a targeted attack. Yeah. But police are saying it's not. It absolutely point. is. It absolutely is because she was trans. Like, there's no, two 15-year-olds stab a trans she girl to death in a death. park. And the police are like, it's not a hate crime. Also, fuck the British media for dead naming her. And fuck um, the Daily Mail for contacting her dentist to get her dead name. Sorry. And publishing it. Uh, if people can't see how right wing the British media has become, you're fucking blind. You are blind. Like there was some guy in a band at the Brits the other, other night that got a won an award and was like, fuck the Tories. And he was like, cut off immediately. Uh, wet leg. Yeah, cut off immediately because they don't want to deal yeah, with yeah. it. So just to say, we're so sorry to anybody in the trans community. Fuck the Tories. Fuck the Tories and the LGBTQIA community at the moment because seeing something like that, seeing a 16-year-old trans girl stabbed to death by two 15-year-olds mm. in a fucking park. And then the British media are like, oh, it's nothing to do. Please. Please, Please stop. Yes, it is. Yeah. Targeted for what? Mm-hmm. It's a targeted attack, but it's not a hate crime. What? Yeah. Are you fucking talking What's about? What's the difference? There's no fucking difference. Like, give it a rest. But anyway, just to say we're sorry. And I know it's affected a lot of people and her poor family. So, yeah. So that's all. I don't have... Do you have any housekeeping? Housekeeping? Yeah. Tell the people about Weird Al. I went to see Weird Al on Friday and it was so much fun. I was oh, actually, bopping. I spoke about it on Patreon. You did. Actually, if you want that content, you better... Pay Get a six yourself euro. onto the Patreon. Bunch of bastards. And also, there's a guessing game on the Patreon that we played for a while where we tried to figure out the name of CS... No. Nope. NCIS. <laughs> NCIS. There's so many of Action. those shows. Hey, What's the other one? NCIS, CIS... Nope. CIS, CSI. CSI Miami, CSI New York, CSI... What's the one with the with the guy? Horatio. Yeah! No. The one with... With the grey hair and the beard. The one with the girl with the... With the glasses and the curly hair, she's like the typey lady. Yeah, it, oh, the the one that people I keep say, say I look like because she's plus size. I keep on to say Dangerous Minds. It is not Criminal Minds. Is that the one you're on about? Uh, Penelope. Yeah, people like that Mexican lady. People to be like, oh, people. It's you like, really look it's like, like, like her. Whenever, whenever a plus size woman got told they look like Adele, and then yeah. Adele lost weight, and now nobody looks like Adele yeah. except They're skinny like, people. You really look like that girl from Criminal Minds. Yeah. It's like, always the way. Don't look anything remotely yeah. like it's her. It's always the way. They have like two or three people that they think any plus size person looks like. Melissa McCarthy is another one. Adele was one, but now she's skinny, so nobody looks like Adele anymore. Um, and then her. Who's your um famous doppelganger? I don't have one. I don't look like doppelganger. I think you look like Kelly Clarkson. I do look like yeah, Kelly Clark, but apart, from, I don't have anybody. Um, I've never had anybody say to me, "Oh, you look like that." Yeah, even people like <gasps> I, I, I can't disagree with Kelly Clark. Oh, like um, we even have the same shape. I was looking for her parents before to see if her parents look like your parents. Her dad just fucked off. Oh, did he? Yeah, that's you know that like te- that that song she sings where she's like crying. Fuck you, dad. Yeah. That one. She's like because of you. Oh, I do know that song. I don't trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so he fucked off. Yeah, he just. Did he try to come back when she got the money? Yeah, of course. 
he just left her when she was very young and uh, just up and left them and abandoned her. And she, so he could be my dad. Could be your dad. Sounds like something my dad. But doesn't too. look anything like your dad. And her and mom my dad's never look, been to the states. Her mom doesn't look anything like your mom. And but does she look like her parents? Yes. Oh, it's not weird. In a weird way, yeah. It's not weird. She looks very like her mother, but she, her mother, but you don't look like your mother. No, I don't look anything like, like my mom. You look like your dad. Yeah. But her dad does not look anything like you. Because I went on a rabbit hole one day and I said, I'm going to figure this out. Now, oh, this is too weird. Genealogy, yeah, man. No, I didn't. No. Know. I'm going to do one, two, three. The one, two, three, dad. Nope. The. <laughs> is it one, two, three? Is that what it's no. called? Are you going about like ancestry.com? Yeah. Is that what it is? It's not called one, two, three. <laughs> it's called one, two, three. One, two, three, DNA. Um, <laughs> I want to do the Ancestry.com but I know it's going to be like 100% Irish apparently when well, you don't have any mail apparently it's better for me to get my brother to do it really? so I should pay so apparently the mail genealogy so if you have a brother yeah. it's better to pay to get his because it goes further back because like whatever it is with that I don't know. I don't understand. What we're seeing that mainframe. Now. Yeah, no. Because <laughs> like, um, uh, uh, who was Leslie's mom? God, they got her for her birthday or something. She wanted oh, cool. To. I actually thought it was really fucking hilarious because she kept going on about like there was Viking in her or something and then it turned out she's like no Viking No Viking. Her. I'm going to be... Apparently she was devastated. 99.9% Irish. Um, my my great great grandparents were 100% cousins. She Yeah, like... I'm no Conan doubt O'Brien, wasn't yeah, it? Conan O'Brien like, like, was like, Irish. And he was like, oh. Irish. And they were like, no, there's incest in your blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Imagine I'm, you got a big surprise though. Imagine if it was like, 45%. I don't know. No, I was just Irish. Not 45%, but you know the way sometimes those people when they Good do bits. the, the like show, like, who do you think you are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, you, like that, what's that guy? The fucking, <sighs> the guy from the soaps. Danny Dyer. Danny Dyer. Danny Dyer's related to King Edward or something. I saw that, and he was yeah. like, I'm from the fucking gentry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from I the see, fucking gentry, I, I am. You. And you know what really confuses me is his daughter is also called Danny Dyer. Yeah, I know. It's so weird. It's very confusing. It's so weird. Did you ever read Danny Dyer's tweets? No. <laughs> it's a gas. There's one where he's cute. He's like, fucking ducks. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, should we get that's this? the end of the introduction. Should we get this horrible story? The podcast. There's going to be an ad now. Hey, Colin, tell us about the Patreon. Sure thing, Lily Pops. Hey there, MMI fans. It's me, Colin, and do I have news for you? It's all going down over at www.patreon.com forward slash Irish, where we've totally revamped our Patreon offering for you mega fans. That's right. Now all of your favorite Patreon stuff can be found in one place as we bring you our MMI Super Show exclusively for Patreon, featuring all the usual banter and chat between Emma and Sarah Jane, plus me thrown into the bargain, along with Lily's Tales, Maximilian's Bell Bag, and some surprises along the way. But that's not all. Every single week, due to popular demand, we will be bringing you a full-length story, whether it be Miscellaneous Most Irish for those cases that just don't fit on the main show, Murder Most international for those cases you guys have been crying out for or even music most awesome where we talk about our favorite albums but wait there's even more how about mmi drive the fan favorite podcast show where emma and sarah jane drive around dublin talking about all sorts of shite plus our monthly ask me our segment where you get to pick the brains of the girls and maybe even ask me a question or two so what are you waiting for come on over to www.patreon.com for forward slash murder most Irish and join in the fun for only six euros a month give my mommy six euro so this week I'm going to tell the story of Margaret Walsh she goes by the name Meg so I'll refer to her as Meg for the story because that was her name 
Um, Margaret Walsh was born... No, she wasn't. She was from Fermoy in County Cork. She married a man called Coleman Keating. What a name. Isn't that a name? That's a good name. When she was 19, after she found out she was pregnant, they had a baby girl called Sasha. Isn't that, Sasha Keating is a great name. That's well. a great name. Meg was outgoing and friendly and she was devoted to her daughter. Their married life was by all accounts a standard one, but as time passed, they grew distant and the relationship became strained. In 2000, they went on holidays to Crete and whilst there, Margaret met a man named John O'Brien. John was from Tremor in County Waterford and he had been recently divorced and he was on like a lad's holiday with his friends from his work, which at the time he worked in Bus Aaron. Meg and John hit it off and they quickly started to spend time one-on-one together Ooh, on holidays. That's no good. When they returned to Ireland, they continued to see each other secretly and an affair had begun, had begun between the two of them. Meg would drive to Waterford to see John secretly and Meg's husband became suspicious. He started to check her phone bills and he seen a number that repeatedly popped up. So he made the decision to call the number and Coleman immediately recognised John's voice from the holiday. Meg was caught in her sordid affair. They essentially, like, separated immediately. That was it? Yeah. Like, marriage over. Meg decided to move to Waterford pretty much immediately as well, and took a job at Meadow Court Homes as the office manager. Okay. Meg and John decided that they wanted to buy a bigger house to be together. And Now, this is, like, five years later. So, like, she lives she lives, in, with, she lives there for like five years. So she left her husband and moved in with this yeah, guy. Yeah, and now they're buying a bigger house. Um, they decided they wanted to buy a bigger home and so they bought a home in a luxury estate in Dun- Donagarva is what it's called. Okay. Um, the house was near the centre of Waterford City and in June 2005, both of them were married in a registry office in Waterford. Sasha had remained living with her father. She didn't come and live with her mother. But she spent time with her mum and she had her own room in the house. She was there every other weekend with John and Meg. Meg and John had no real connections to the people in the estate. They were known to see to see them, but kept to themselves. They both worked full time, and the class of the individual was mainly working professionals in the estate. The estate was quite like American; like it didn't have like your house was fully detached, okay, and had like its. It, like an entry but they didn't have like garden fences around the front oh you know okay. what I mean so it felt I know exactly super American mean, yeah. so they both worked full time and the class of indi- individual in the estate was mainly working professionals in the estate however in the nearest hotel they were known really well and frequented the hotel bar regularly the name of the hotel was called the Woodlands Hotel by 2006 Meg had been living in Waterford for six years right but Sunday October 1st with no reason, or so it seemed, Meg Walsh disappeared. Oh, shit. The last independent sighting of her alive was noon that day when a neighbour, Nikki Farrell, observed her in an upstairs bedroom putting clothing away. The last activity from Meg's mobile phone was just before 2pm that day as she accessed her messaging service. Now, that's an assumption that was her. Okay, it could have been somebody else. They don't yeah. know. Okay. The alarm was... So that's Sunday. Okay. The alarm was raised by Noel Power, Mrs. Walsh's employer at Meadowcourt Homes Limited, the following morning when Mrs. Walsh didn't turn up to work. So the husband didn't bother being my first my wife? Oh, God, here we go. 
Saturday, November 30th, she had spent the evening with friends in, at the Woodlands Hotel Bar. Her friends reported last seeing her at 1am on Sunday morning. So that's Saturday into Sunday morning. She was last seen wearing brown jeans and a brown jumper and the jumper had a stripe across it. She told a friend she would give them a call the following day, but that never happened. And on Monday the 2nd of October, Meg did not show up for work, prompting Noel to contact a Garda. He called a friend who he knew was a Garda. Okay. Um, there was immediate action and inquiry was open. They began interviewing her friends around the uh, around her state of mind, and all of them had said that she was in good form. And then at one o five a.m. Wednesday, fourth of October, Meg's car was found parked in a car park of a popular pub two kilometers from her home. The car was last spotted on Sunday evening by a neighbor, but they could not confirm if it was Meg driving the car. Okay. Thursday, the guard began searching Dunmore Road area and around the hotel. Her hotel, her home was sealed off by the technical team and they moved in to investigate. Road checkpoints were established but there was still no sign of Meg. Okay. Friday the 6th of October they sent out a statement saying that they were looking for a man that had been seen driving Meg's Mitsubishi Charisma two days after Meg's disappearance. The car was parked outside Waterford on Tuesday the 3rd of October mm. and CCTV was examined and the car was searched forensically so they found her car. Okay. In a car, in essentially near the dock. Okay. Um, a mat from the car was found discarded in a field nearby. It had visible blood stains on it. Oh, for fuck's sake! The field was searched by over thirty Garda on that night, and on Saturday, the dive teams arrived, and an extensive search was carried out of coastal areas close to Dunmore East. Meg had a habit of telling her friends and family where she was going or planned on being. Her movements were also normally just really routine. Like, she didn't really deviate from her, like, weekly routine. Yeah. Um, she wouldn't be like me. Like, I think if I went missing, I'd be like, I don't fucking know what Yeah, she like, she wasn't doing random shit every day. Yeah, I'd be like. just fucking off to places. And I'd be lying to her <laughs> as well. Like, I can go to McDonald's. Talking about. And he'd be like, no, she told me she wasn't at McDonald's. <laughs> Well, Brian would be incriminated in three yeah. seconds because he's. He'd, yeah. They'd be like, "How do you not know where your this wife is?" Fucking lying bitch. He'd <laughs> like, um, just KFC in the back. Oh, I was dropping someone home and they got KFC. Jesus, Sarah, <laughs> I have a problem. Um, her movements were routine. Her phone and bank had not been accessed accessed since October first. Okay. Meg's friends quoted in the Sunday papers saying it was not like Meg at all, not to let people know where she was. Her brother said she would have called her daughter. She wouldn't leave her to worry like this. Yeah. And Superintendent Garda Dave Sheenan said that the hopes of finding Meg alive was dwindling. He said our hope would be our hope would be panning off. There is a person out there with the information that can help find Meg, and that person should come forward. Garda had no positive indication of where she might be. The Evening Herald then broke a story that night that Meg had been in, that Meg had been in touch with the Gardaí before she went missing. Oh. That she had rung her state her local Garda station two days before she went missing, upset and in a distressed state, saying that a neighbourhood man had made serious threats against her, but that she didn't want any action taken at this time. She just wanted it on the record. Oh fuck, okay. The paper also reported that an individual was now the prime suspect in the case and it was about to be upgraded to murder. 
that it stated he has been supervised by Garda in a local hotel and there were fears for the man's safety. He's first being he first he's first being contacted 24 hours after Meg went missing and had been informally interviewed and allowed to go home. He was suspected of carrying out two serious assaults on Meg in the previous months. She was admitted to hospital for minor injuries uh, two weeks before the phone call had called in and had called into a local station with a friend after an attack. She again said she did not want to press charges and no action would be taken. She just wanted the matter on the record. Her friend from work also noted in the newspaper that she had said on Friday before she went missing that she feared for her safety and if she didn't show up for work that they should ring the guardy. Oh, fuck. The next day, 300 people joined the Garda and the Defence Forces to search surrounding areas, and at one stage, over 2,000 people were invo- involved. Jesus. Sailors and fishermen helped search coastal areas. Her employer paid for, like, local fishermen to go out and, like, trawl. That's amazing. Um, waste ground around her home continued to be searched. On Friday, her daughter, Sasha Keating, and her brother, James Walsh, made a public appeal for information, saying that they were living in a nightmare and that anybody with information, please come forward. John O'Brien also issued a statement of appeal, but he did not attend the press conference. The Garda had taught that he would be there, but he but not taking questions. In the end, his sisters represented him. Sasha and James both said they had no idea about the recent contact with the guardie. John's mother said her son was in a deep state of shock. He's not sleeping or eating and that her son was trying to cope. She also said he can't get access into his house and they've taken his car off him. Who? The guards? Yeah. Because his house is like being investigated. Like it's a crime scene? Yeah. Um, Okay, Mammy Walsh. Yeah, and that her son was trying to cope. On Sunday, October 15th, there was an article saying that blood had been found at the home. And then at 3pm on the same day, Garda recovered Meg's body. Oh, shit. Meg's colleague out searching for her spotted a body in the River Shore. Her colleague? Yeah. Oh. She was spotted at 2.20pm and a crowd got... Because everybody was out searching Clearly, for this yeah, woman. everybody was looking for her. A, cow, a crowd gathered along the quay near the spot and her body was pulled in. Sarah, could you fucking imagine seeing something like that? Yeah. Like, oh my God. And it's all fucking people you know? It's all people you know. An hour later, her brother James identified her formally. So not even her husband. People gathered at the Woodlands Hotel. This had become a hub for the search efforts. But now people waited to hear how Meg had died. So people were like, I'm not, we're not leaving, we're not leaving until we, know, until we know what happened to her. They wanted to know and they waited for post-mortem results altogether in the hotel. Wow. So they weren't leaving? No. It was determined that Meg had died from severe trauma to her upper body. A post-mortem revealed that she had died from blunt force trauma to the head having suffered two fractures for her skull. She had been struck at least twice, 
One of the blows had hit her on the right temple and that is pretty much the one that killed her. Like also, you know the way we talk about stories like this and we mention blunt force trauma and skull fractures? I don't think people realise how hard you have to hit someone to do that. Or what you have to hit them with. Like that is beyond violent. Yeah. This poor woman. She was naked and her clothes were not recovered. This would have been to remove any DNA evidence. Gardy said they had not established a motive. Her keys and her mobile phone were also being searched for. Um, and reconstructions of her movements and car's movements began in the city. The clock tower where the car had been found was cordoned off, as they suspected this where this would be where the body may have entered the water. The food, the town watched silently as the guardian asked anyone with information to come forward and they watched the reconstructions be made. Like the guardian went to painstaking um, detail as well. Like so the car that was used in the reconstruction, like they even had her registration plate put onto that car. Like it was just really close so to like it might trigger, might trigger somebody. Yeah. Tuesday 17, specialist dog units were brought in to try and find where she may have been attacked. There was also no... Like, they hadn't found the murder weapon. Okay. Meg's body showed defensive wounds. She had struggled and she had fought back. The attack was described as frenzied. So she... Like, apparently the upper half of her body was, like, really violently assaulted. Um... It's So forensic experts were now looking for DNA of her attacker. So they said that because it was frenzied that more than likely she would have DNA on her. But she had been in the water for quite some for time. so long. Yeah. Um, uh, her home was to be handed back. This is the oddest detail. Her home was to be handed back by Wednesday the 18th because John O'Brien had a court order to stop the search in his home and get his house back. How the fuck did he get that? That's insane. Yeah. The following day, the Guardian revealed they were looking for a man that was seen on the CCTV, dropping Meg's car at the pub. The man's face was not visible, but the size and stature matched that of her husband's. Papers reported that this man was not the same as the prime suspect. It was reported that an arrest was imminent the evening, and the Evening Herald reported that the murderer may be present at Meg's funeral. And the paper reported that they were going to arrest the person there. At the funeral. Yeah. So, the funeral was held in Cork at Meg's hometown, Thursday the 19th of October. The chief mourners were Meg's daughter, her brother, and her ex-husband, Colin. Okay. John sat across the aisle with his family, and not with the chief mourners. Meg's brother spoke at the funeral and he said his sister died in the most violent manner. That she never wanted to burden him, burden him or Sasha with the situation at home. So they were never aware that she had gone to the Guardian and had been attacked. That this was going on. Yeah, they didn't know. He thanked her ex-husband for all of his help assisting in the search in Waterford for Meg. James thanked the Guardian and help, that helped and said one Garda had gone above and beyond above and beyond in the search for Meg. In the search for Meg, he had broken his leg, but he had still showed up at the funeral with his broken leg and that this was typical of the of the Garda. Um, and he said that they were like, 
it was typical of like the ferocity of the Garda, he said. Especially maybe in a small town, they wanted yeah. to help as much as they could. Yeah. He said Meg was gorgeous, a gorgeous, sweet, caring woman, but that she knew how to speak up for herself. He said that he would speak for her and he would do the best he can for her because she couldn't speak anymore. Oh God, love them. What the fuck, man? So that's Thursday the 19th of October. On the morning of the 20th of October, John O'Brien is arrested in a house in Tremor County, Waterford. He's brought in for questioning and he's held for 12 hours and then he is released without charge that night. Okay. He makes no comments to the reporters. Searches in the river now continue looking for the weapon that essentially killed uh, Meg. And on Saturday, December 9th, John O'Brien was brought in for question again. He said there was nothing more he could tell the officers and he is released once more. In March of 2007, okay. the Gardaí sent the file to the DPP for prosecution and then three months later in June, John O'Brien appears in Waterford District Court and is charged formally with the murder of Meg Walsh. He holds his head in his hand and he enters a plea of, like, not guilty. He is granted legal aid and he is remanded in custody, but he is let out on bail later. His, um, Sasha and James are both in the court as well. His legal team put forward an application to move the court proceedings to Dublin because they didn't think he could have got a fair trial in Waterford. And the trial, so the trial is due to start in January of 2008, but because they put in this proceeding, it doesn't start until April 2008. And Mr. Justice Barry White, Barry White, head shit. We haven't heard him for a while. Mrs. Mr. Justice Barry White is the proceeding judge. John O'Brien formally enters a plea of not guilty on the opening day. Okay. So I'm go- the next thing I'm going to go through, because this is a long case, is. Essentially, the people lock it up and gave evidence. Okay. So, Owen Walsh entered the stand. And he's the first person to pretty much be called. He says, On the night before Meg disappeared, that the couple spent the night drinking at the Woodlands Hotel near their home in the company of a mutual friend named Owen Walsh. Owen Walsh and Meg had been friends since when she lived in Fermoy County, okay. Cork. And they used to work together. His wife was out of town and he came down and started, he arrived in the bar at like 10 p.m. Right. They invited, so they drank all night. Okay. They then ended up in like a lock-in. Okay. They then go back to their house at like four in the morning. So they invited Mr. Walsh back to the house and she suggested that he stay the night. Okay. She brought him upstairs to show him the spare room while Mr. O'Brien went downstairs to turn off the lights. He then flew into a rage when he found Owen and Meg kissing. So he walked into the bedroom and the two of them were kissing in the spare room. Oh, shit. In the first statement made to Garda on October 2nd, he recalled, I opened the door and I saw Meg and Owen Walsh, so this is John O'Brien, with their hands around each other kissing. I said, what the fuck is going on? They stopped and Owen said, sorry, sorry. Mr. Walsh later told the jury that it was only a goodnight kiss. So he was like, it actually was just a peck on the lips. Like there was nothing else to it. We weren't like, like we weren't entangled out. in each yeah, other. Yeah. He said he left the house at 8am. So he didn't sleep there. 
So you've got, they've came back to the house at like 4am, they continue drinking there. Okay, and then and he just left. And then he, they go upstairs to like go to bed. Yeah. This kiss happens and then essentially John O'Brien kicks him out. Right. So at 8am on Monday, oh, he left the house at 8am. And then on Monday morning, he got a call from John O'Brien and said, Meg was missing. Have you seen her? He said no. He was then interviewed by Gardy and his clothes from the night in question were given to the Gardy. Yeah. And they showed traces of makeup on the collar and the buttons of a shirt. But he, but to be fair, this man is married. Yeah. So traces of makeup could be from anybody. anybody. Yeah. So that's... The whole point of that is that th- th- this is like kind of where the argument would have started. So if something violent did happen to This is to where her, it kicked off, basically. And John O'Brien is responsible, allegedly... Well, then, this is essentially the kicking the off kick of off it. kick off of it, okay. That's what the, um, not the defence, the... Prosecution. Prosecution's trying. But the defence is like, yeah, but, like, nothing happened. Yeah. Like, that happened, but there was no, like, physical fight. He's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then GP Dr. Bennett O'Leary took the stand and said that Meg had presented with bruises and swelling to the backs of her hand and right shoulder. About two weeks before this incident. She also reported the assault to the Gardaí, but she declined to press charges. Instead, she contacted her solicitor and bank manager about having the house transferred into her name. Mr. O'Brien told the jury that following the assault, he had agreed to sign over the house to her just to prove that this physical assault would never happen again. What? He also agreed to loan her €11,000 to pay off credit card debt. What's going on, Sarah? This is what he's saying happened. Sergeant Eric Gavigan said that Miss Walsh said she just wanted the matter noted and didn't want to make a formal complaint against her husband as she, would n- as she was not in the position financially for 12 months to leave her husband and move out of their home in Ballinakill Downs. So she clearly was like, I can't do it now, but I, f- I plan on doing it. I also feel like she was saying, hey, if I die or if something happens to me, please know that this is who's doing it. Yep. Solicitor Gerard O'Hurley told the court that he had a meeting with Miss Walsh on the 25th of September 2006, in which she told him how she had been assaulted by her husband five day- days earlier and she instructed him to send a letter to her husband about the assault. Mr. Hurley said on the 27th of September 2006, he was contacted by Miss Walsh who informed him that Mr. O'Brien had agreed to transfer his interests in the family home to her and she wanted to know what legal stops, what legal steps were involved in that. He prepared an authorization for the transfer of the title into her sole name and the following day he received a letter from Miss Walsh containing the authorization form signed by herself and Mr. O'Brien along with a note saying that she had advised Mr. O'Brien to get legal advice before signing it but he had refused to get legal advice okay so she was like get legal advice and he was like no I'll never do this to you ever again I'll sign away everything Detective Inspector John Hunt, who was centrally involved in the investigation of Mrs. Walsh's murder, said that he had first met Mr. O'Brien on October 4th and took a witness statement from him about his wife's disappearance on October 1st. Midway through the statement, he cautioned Mr. O'Brien as he went on to admit that he had assaulted his wife after a night out in which they had argued with each other. 
He said that Mr. O'Brien admitted that he lost it and hit his wife so hard that she began to scream. He then put his hands over her mouth to try and stop her. And when she tried to climb out of the kitchen window to escape, he caught her and pulled her back in. <sighs> Dude. Mr. O'Brien told the guardie that when his wife calmed down, <laughs> she then told him that she had gone to the solicitor and told him that if he ever assaulted her again, she would make a formal complaint to the guardie and he would be prosecuted. I wasn't ha- So this is a direct quote from him. I wasn't happy that she had went to the guards. I told her it would never happen again and she said, prove it. She asked me to sign over to house to her and I said, if that's what it takes, I'll sign the documents. Mr. O'Brien told the guard. The cross examined by Miss Elaine Morgan BL for Mr. O'Brien, Department Inspector Hunt said that in a letter interview, in a later interview, Mr. O'Brien said he had signed the form to ensure his wife stayed with him and that he believed she would. Counsel for Miss Keating, Mr. Delaney, argued that there was clear evidence that Mr. O'Brien had entered into an agreement with his wife to transfer the property into her name prior to her disappearance thus severing the joint tenancy. So they were like, why would he kill her? Why would he kill her? Makes no sense. Like, um, Miss Sasha Keating, which is her daughter, who's 18 at this point. This is, this shit, man. The kids that are, ugh. She texted her father's, she texted her father's sister last July after a night of drinking. She told the defence counsel, Miss Ishult O'Malley, in cross-examination, that she regretted sending the text at around 3.45am. The text sent to Teresa O'Brien, so that's John O'Brien's sister, sister, read, Hey, I'm the only one that wants to help you now, so please listen to me. Will you listen? John is still my stepfather, believe it or not, but I want to help him. Will you listen? I really hate seeing anyone in this state. Will you listen? So apparently John is like suicidal at this point. Okay. Bus driver John O'Brien with an address of Ballinacill Downs County Waterford denies murdering his 35 year old uh, wife at this point. Um, and he says that essentially she was just trying to like get him on side because she has a right to the house. Okay. Because he'd signed over his right. His right. So therefore it goes on to our next kin. And he's not our next kin he's anymore. Our next kin. She was only 35. Yeah. Oh, man. Miss Keating told Miss O'Malley, I sent that because I was afraid he was in such a state that he would do something to himself. I couldn't live with... So she was more concerned as well about, like, if he killed himself, she'd never know what happened to her mum. Exactly. And I get that, So she was like, I couldn't live with not knowing what happened to my mother. I needed to tell him what he... I needed him to tell me what he did to her, is what she says in court. She told Dr. or Mr. Dennis Vaughan Buckley, prosecuting, that Mr. O'Brien called her at 8.30 on October 14th, just the day before her mum's body is found, yeah, and asked her if she was all right. He said he was just back at home, and so this is like, she, he's up to get him back into the house. Yeah. If I wanted to go to the house and collect any of my things, Miss Keating said she didn't have much in the house, but asked him if she could collect all of her mother's stuff. Mr. O'Brien agreed. She said she didn't go to the house for several weeks after that call 
because her mother's body was found the following day. Of course, totally understandable. Mr. Harry Condon told Mr. Buckley that he had taken his boat out onto the River Shore at around 3pm on October 15th to help with the search. He was a subcontractor with Meadowcourt Homes, so they're paying for yeah. these people to go. Where Miss Walsh worked as an office administrator. She didn't, she was an office manager. Um, he was called over the bank by another man helping in search. So that's her other colleague. And Mr. Condon said that as he drew closer to the boat, the other man became distressed and started shouting. There's something about, there's something about a body. We couldn't really make out what it was. Mr. Condon looked to the part of the water where the man was pointing and saw a body floating face down. He said when he saw her floating, he knew it was Meg. He was in the front passenger seat of his car his wife was driving, bringing their son to a rugby game. (coughs) They were passed by a dark grey car. He recognised Mr. O'Brien as the driver. The car was coming from an undeveloped piece of land. And Mr. Fitzsimon said he commented to his wife that he hoped Mr. O'Brien wasn't illegally dumping anything there. His wife, Miss Maureen Fitzsimon, said she had noticed the car pass, pass but was concentrating on the road, so she did not register the driver. She said she remembered her husband commenting because she did not want to be talking about dumping on a Sunday morning. <laughs> when he left for work at around 8am, there was no car outside the house. So they were like, Mr. That like John O'Brien's car was gone. It was gone. Mr. Fitzsimon told Mr. Buckley he was awake at about 5am the following morning when the lights from Mr. O'Brien's car lit up his bedroom. He told Mr. Paddy McCarthy, defending, that he was aware that Mr. O'Brien got up for work at around 5.30am. He said he had made an earlier statement to Garda which contradicted this evidence because he had not remembered seeing the car until later. Mr. Nicky Farrell told Mr. Dominic McGinn, that he had lived in his parents' house directly behind Mr. O'Brien's house. Yeah, so Mr. That he lived in his parents directly behind. He was having breakfast with his family at around midday, Sunday, October 1st. And from the kitchen table, he could see the back of the other house. He was eating breakfast. He looked out and he saw Meg Walsh in an upstairs be- bedroom. And she appeared to be putting clothing away. Court. The next step was all. So that's all the witnesses called. Yeah. So the next has CCTV footage, mobile phone movements and electric key fobs. And it was really inconsistent. Okay. And the prosecution, like, were just picked apart by the defence. Okay. But there is, like, a final nail in the coffin of it. So in court, the prosecution relied on inconsistencies in the evidence. Modern technological paraphernalia, such as CCTV, mobile phone movements and an electric key fob. And there's currently a case in for the high court for that guy that killed what was that lady that uh was murdered we covered her um oh this is the solicitor from fox yeah Rock, yeah yeah to say that mobile phone data shouldn't, shouldn't be, be used, used. Yeah. but anyway i if he gets out on that he may get out now i remember at the bastard. time that i remember kevin saying at yeah, the time because yeah, yeah. that's what Kevin studies in college do, yeah. being like that actually can't be submitted in court it's insane if he gets out so he said he'd gone to, to Tremor that Sunday read the newspaper before so this is John O'Brien saying what he did on the day right Said he, so he said first of all that that fight ensued she slept in the spare room he slept in another room the next morning he got up he went out right. then when he came back she'd gotten up out of bed yep now throughout that time people came to the house oh okay and knocked but all the curtains were pulled but his car was still there and hers wasn't. Okay. 
but people just assumed that neither of them were there. But he says that they were there or that she was there asleep. One or the other. One or the other. Okay. Um, so he says he'd gone to Tremor that Sunday to read the newspaper before returning home at 5pm. However, CCTV footage picked up his car in Waterford City Centre that evening and he was spotted by the River Sir at 5.35pm. When it was put to him in evidence, Mr. O'Brien said he may have been mistaken about the time when other allegations were put to him about inconsistencies in his evidence. He said that he had never thought her disappearance would lead to a murder investigation. So he didn't really like think about like where he was. The consequences of where he was or anything. Yeah. Uh, Miss Walsh, Miss, Mrs. Walsh's Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi charisma was central to the prosecution's case. And this is a problem. So they lay everything on like this. On car. this. Yeah. yeah. Which I just think is stupid because it tons of other evidence. The prosecution counsel, Dominic McGinn, said the car was the real crime scene. It was covered in her blood. The car was found abandoned in the car park at the Uluru pub in Waterford City on October 4th. CCTV footage was shown to the jury, which purported to show Mr. O'Brien parking the car at 10.03pm on October 2nd and walking back to the Tesco Park car park where his own car was parked and then driving that home, arriving there at kind of 10, 11 p.m. Right. When he deactivated the house alarm. So that's how they could tell someone came someone in. Someone came in. The prosecution also sought to argue that whoever killed Meg Walsh must have had her fob to the Mitsubishi Charisma as it had been closed remotely and the only person who had such key was Mr. O'Brien. And they couldn't find her car keys. So they were looking for a car keys, her phone and a murder weapon. And they couldn't find And they never else. found it. However, the car may have also proved to be crucial in his defence. On the final day of evidence, a witness called Gregory Manberg told the court that he had seen Mr. Wal- Mrs. Walsh's charisma being driven around at 6.20pm on Tuesday, October 2nd. That's at the exact time Mr. O'Brien was given a statement to the Guardian about his wife's dis- disappearance. Oh. The car is also reported to have moved multiple times around the car park at different times throughout the time it was there. What? A unanimous verdict of not guilty. Um, and it, his case was acquitted and he walked free. Because they rested the entire prosecution. On this car. On this car detail. And then they were like, well, how is the car moving around the car park? And how is and there a, the how is there an alibi for the time that he was he with apparently the moving this car? Because his alibi is actually the garden. And like, is that gentleman sure that he saw the car? The prosecution persisted and pushed and he was like, no, like, I saw what I saw. Like, he never backed down. Like, this story only gets worse, by the way. Oh, no! Sarah! I told you to do a happy story! So John O'Brien walked free. Okay. He then went to the courts a year later. To do what? To petition... To not give Sasha any money oh, for the house. Oh, shocker. Fucking shocker of the century. And then in that court case, he was like, I, like, me agreeing to give her was just done under duress. This motherfucker. And, like, that's not an intent to actually follow through with the deal. So this house is fully mine because the life insurance policy was fully paid out. Are you And there is no me? mortgage on the property because Meg therefore is still married to him and he is not found guilty of her murder now thankfully the 
Um, George in that case said, you have to pay her a third of whatever the That is her daughter. Yeah. Um, because you signed this document. He also then went back to court to petition to get Meg's things returned to him that had been taken by the Garda. That, like, pretty much a year later again. So he's looking for her car, her mob, her laptop, her, like, some other bits that were taken from the house. Um, and the judge in that case was like, no, because just because you've been acquitted for murder doesn't mean the case can't be tried again. That is evidence and you're not getting That's it. That's evidence. Um, and so that was thrown out of court. And, but at present, there is no one being held responsible for, for this murder. woman's murder. This man, John O'Brien, has been cleared as like acquitted. So okay. guilt, not guilty. Not guilty. Um, and there is no other suspects in the case. Nothing. Nothing. So it's just gone cold. It is just gone cold. And that poor woman's daughter is looking at a man sitting in the house that like, the whole thing is just terribly, terribly sad. Wow. I've lost the whole time. Sorry. Um, it's just... I will say this. Listen, he was acquitted. So under no circumstances am I going to sit here and say he's guilty of anything. I just find it very suspect that 12 months later he was back in court being like, I'm I not giving... I'm not, I'm not giving, giving her any money. I'm not giving the daughter of the woman who I was married to who was brutally murdered any of this the money from this property mm-hmm. sir do you know what you look like the other thing as well is that the body so they reckon that the body was rolled up in carpet and thrown Jesus at the bottom of the water Christ. and that's why she laid the bottom of the water for so many days and then as obviously that rolled out she then came to the top just dumped her like nothing the guards went to the house when they went to bring him in for questioning and they said that he was super agitated that the only thing they noticed that was out of place was that there was a rolled up rug at the back of the shed that he was like essentially standing at. You know, they were like, there was nothing in the rug, like nothing that we could see, but it was just a bit suspect. A little bit. Just a little bit. Excellent job. Um, I am upset and I find it very hard to listen to these cases because no one's been held accountable. There is a family out there who have lost their daughter in the most horrific manner and their sister and mother and they're sitting there going, there has been no justice for this person. No, nothing. Nothing at all. And her and also, like, like, there's, like obviously because it's a cold case, like, I had to go back through tons of archives. Yeah. Like, there's nothing recent about it. No, nobody has stiffed chaff and tried to push it or come forward or no. do anything like that. And I suppose because he's been acquitted and he is the only suspect. They're like, we don't have anything else. And also, like, it's not as if you can sit here and be like, it was him. You know, you can't because he was acquitted. Yeah. You can't. You simply can't, like. But at the same time, you know, I have to say 90% of the cases, it's somebody the person knows. I think it's a higher number now. You know, in that sense. I just, I just think of the, I just think of Sasha. Yeah. Her mum's dead. Yeah. Not only is her mum dead, her mum was murdered. Yeah. Like, that's a whole other trauma to try and live through and experience and deal with. Oh, fucking shite absolute shite it's fucking shite and I'm telling you something for nothing the things that money will make people do yeah and how people behave about money is fucking gross gross I hope I never do that I hope I never am a part of a family or a part of a group that behaves like that about money because you know it tears people apart like it tears families yeah. apart families don't generations of family don't speak to each other over fucking money like yeah no it's insane well very good job 
It's Thanks deeply very sad. Much. And rest in peace, Meg. And I hope her daughter and her family find peace. Find peace and get what they're looking for because that's just absolutely horrendous. Yeah, it's a terrible story. I just said the to dump somebody's body like that as well yeah. is deeply upsetting. So I just Oh my god, lads, what a week. <laughs> it's only Monday. It's only Monday. But we'll get through this week. Do we have any bank holidays coming up? Uh, Paddy's Day that's it St. Patrick's Day March. March your birthday St. Patrick's Day yeah, that's it you'll be away soon I'll be away <sighs> going to Canada baby my ear is so full of wax and goo do so you feel like it's blocked it's always blocked it's always blocked it's always blocked um, anyway that was the end of the podcast yeah I'm just um, talking about my manky ears here's manky little ears but we love them and we um, hope that you have a lovely week yeah and try we hope and enjoy. that aliens are real they're here to Make the world a better place. Get rid of capitalism so we don't all have to work these jobs that uh, make us want to, you know, not be around because yes. it's very hard. Um, but I, yeah, I hope everybody has a lovely week and we will be back next week for more terribleness, I'm sure. Anyway, bye everybody. Right, bye everybody. Colin! It's just a phase Mother's milk gone sour It fermented with our father's gaze Caught the bride's bouquet Now I'm waiting in the chapel For a fresh coat of paint They say No, I'm not trying to be that bitch I'm just up here trying to make a difference Drinking for the nerve but I'm all me matter for a minute for about an hour i was all up in it now i'm locked down shivering the second hand shade and i hate on every choice that i ever made ever made this life just isn't to my taste so i beat my face tell myself it's just a dream just a dream but i can't unsee what i've seen what i've seen i'm a killer i'm a villain i'm a fiend i'm a fiend but it's only a dream it's so story cause not too long ago I was just a regular girly too preoccupied with boys and spending all of my money on some see-through material just to cover my body that's right. then one night I had an accident that set me apart I was exposed to an element that captured my heart yeah those ill-begotten daughters of the glamorous game yeah they gave me a home and let me pick my new name so I took to the stage just like a knife to an artery and I gave you my spirit and made this killer a part of me I'm no longer a Calamity. I'm serving you make-believe with the side of reality But I took it too far and let the parasites get to me Slamming shots at the bar, I'm living off cocaine and ecstasy And I'll murder my friends, 